On today's episode, we're joined by our friend Devin O'Neill. Devin O'Neill is a CrossFit sanctional athlete who has his eyes on making it to the game sometime soon. He's competed at some of the bigger sanctional events over the last few years, the Mid-Atlantic CrossFit Challenge, the Filthy 150 over in Ireland, and Wadapalooza down in Miami, where he actually picked up an event win in the elite division down there. We had a ton of fun talking to Devin. He's very open about his training, his diet, his lifestyle, uh, and kind of his mentality going into some of these sanctional events. So it's just really cool to pick his brain and see what it's like for one of these top-level athletes uh, trying to break through and make it to the games there. So we appreciate Devin coming on, and we hope you guys enjoyed this episode as much as we did. What's up, everybody? Back to another podcast today, Primal Athletics Radio. Um, first off, thank you for tuning in. Uh, we've been appreciating the support that you guys have been giving us on the past couple episodes and want to continue to provide you with that good content. Today we have Devin O'Neill. Uh, friend of mine he's kind of working towards being in that top echelon of CrossFit sport has recently competed in Wadapalooza he's been over to Ireland for the Filthy 150 sanctional um, the Midwest mid-Atlantic throwdown so got his hat in the mix as far as like trying to trying to get into that uh, top one percent and make it to the games so we, we figured it'd be a, a cool perspective to get um, on a lot of these topics we've been speaking about with somebody who's uh you know, fighting for that spot. Um, he operates out of Braintree Mass Fit Factory and um, former D1 track athlete. Is that correct? Yes, it is. Yeah. UMass Lowell. Yeah, I was a uh, thrower. I did all the uh, throwing events. They wouldn't let me run. You were a, a spear chucker? Yeah. That was my uh, true nature, actually. Uh, after I graduated, I continued throwing probably like two, two and a half years. Um, just local meets and things like that. My last meet was down in Duke after I drove down. Cool. So that's something you still do a little bit with the CrossFit is uh, <coughs> in track and field stuff? So that's kind of where I transitioned. So the hardest part of training for like javelin up here is the weather. Uh, the spring season has just shifted with global warming. I mean, let's be honest. So like <laughs> the winter is a lot longer now or at least ends later. So then, like, you'd be waiting for the ground to thaw, and it's, like, mid-March, mid-April, and the season ends in, like, April. So it's, like, can't really do this anymore. Um, so I started to do more and more CrossFit. Um, when I graduated college, it was kind of, like, strictly Olympic lifting, and that's kind of all I ever did because I was good at it, and I was lazy. So, like, I just did that. Um, and then the more I thought about it, I was like, all right, I'll do more and more lifting and training. I was never a gym person really ever before this. Um, I kind of hated it. Um, but I was like, all right, the more I'll train, I can at least do that because I can't throw. So if I can't throw, I need to find a way to get better. So I'll just lift and exercise. Um, and then the more that I did that, I kind of got hooked on that more than I did with throwing. And that's where the kind of transition came from. Yeah, the natural progression, right? Yeah. grab you right in when did that turn into like a desire to be um you know competitive and like dive head first into like setting a goal of you know i want to be a games athlete or uh i want to go to regionals when that was a thing so that it was almost kind of like immediate um because my goal when i was throwing obviously everyone's goal is like if they're actually pursuing it's like you want to try get to the olympic trials and like i was like kind of that in between there 
want to say around like 70 meters is what I should have been around. And I was around like 65, 66. It was like just on that cusp. 75 would have been awesome, but I never hit it. Um, so it was like when I transitioned over, for me, it was kind of like all in. I don't really know how to like do anything in between. They're not doing it or I'm just blacking out going full in on whatever the thing is. Um, yeah, pretty much like right when I made the decision of I'm going to stop throwing and just train CrossFit like I was training for throwing. And I was like, all right, let's see what's the levels I can get to with this. So um, I've always been one of the larger athletes. Um, like right now I'm around like 225, which is way too big for CrossFit. Um, so in, in college, I was like 260. And when I first started, I was around like 235, 240 with CrossFit. So I kind of like, once I got down around like 220, 225 around this weight and realized I wasn't as bad at gymnastics as I thought I was. I was like, all right, obviously I have my weaknesses, but I think I can, I can be competitive enough that I might be able to like sneak into like, you know, just kind of sneak in. I, I never thought I'd be like, Oh yeah, I'll be able to like go to regionals and like potentially get to the games. At least when I started, I was just like, you know, everyone's goal. If they're going to be competitive about it, is to just qualify. So you can qualify, you can at least be like, I made it, I did it, I got there. Um, and then they, I think it, I think I started in like seven, 2017. I started in like January um, or like beginning of February. And then it was the open. So that was kind of my intro to everything was just like, here's all this. <laughs> I was like, all right, cool. Um, and then like two years later when I started to actually like get good, like regionals, gone it's like all right cool but, yeah flip the um, script yeah and even even more so now i mean we were just speaking with uh we had jacob hepner on the show yesterday and we asked him like you know what's it look like this year what do you think uh for those people who haven't qualified like it must be you know a shit storm and yeah. how is this going to affect their season and he blatantly is like i don't in my opinion i don't think there's going to be a season this year i don't think there's going to be a games and maybe indefinitely yeah what do you what's your take on that i mean it's tough to really gauge how this is going to be because like you can look at things like with um with dana white how they're talking about like getting a private island and having people like set up there for like a week or two before so it's kind of like all right we know everyone here is good now and then they can have competitions or fights or whatever um like, I guess you could do those types of things. And I know there's talk about doing it in, a, uh, um, like, the original spot in California. Um, like, dog. What's up, pup? Um, those dogs are Instagram famous, dude. Yeah, they're the best. Um, like, I know there's talks of going to California and, like, potentially doing it, uh, what is that, Aromas, like, the original. Um and I'm sure there'd be ways they could do that. But again, since there's only been so many sanctions and so many like people who can qualify, um, it's not really going to be a large enough pool, I feel like, to really get a good... Eh, I don't know, because there was the Open. So in theory, you have all the, all the national champs and you have... It's kind of like almost half the season or like a quarter yeah. of it. So like 
there's enough that you could, but again, it's not going to be this. So I feel like if you don't have the same everything as you have in the past, then like it would almost have like an asterisk next next yeah, to it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's it's a it's a whole different event at that point. And are you really crowning the fittest? And I mean, I, I, I see the controversy with it, but especially for somebody who's in your position, this is partially um, why I thought it was important to get your take on it was that like, you know, Jacob's already qualified through the open. Like yeah. he didn't have to, he's not thinking about, obviously wants to keep the sword sharp with sanctionals and stuff, but you're somebody who's still going to get your ticket. And then, uh, you know, it gets flip flopped when this is your, your main focus, you know, this is where, uh you're pointing your your arrow so to speak and then that targets or potentially so what's the you know what's the fallout are you still training as if you're gonna be working towards that end uh even if it doesn't play out so right after waterpalooza finished i didn't really peak properly for that i don't feel like i was prepared well enough for it i was felt actually kind of really embarrassed like once it was all over um so i already kind of cut my season kind of like called it at that point um i had had some ideas of doing the um asbury parks one like that second international qualifier Mm. um and trying to like sneak in something there but that was my like original original plan but then after water flus i was like i'm just gonna i'm gonna end my season and just really focus on actually doing the things that I've been kind of slacking on and not paying enough attention to, which, you know, put me in the positions that I did at Wadapalooza. Like in the previous sanctions, I was able to get by with my strengths being strong enough to kind of like keep me in the middle. Like I got 11th at Mid-Atlantic and I got 12th in Ireland. Like, that's great. There were a lot of really, there was a lot of really good competition in Ireland. So I'm like, oh, 12th that's awesome like i'm doing good but there weren't enough of my weaknesses in those workouts to really like have a good portrayal of myself as an athlete so i was i never had like a full test to really show me like you're not as good as you think you are um so for me i'm kind of liking that the season's just done i don't have an excuse to like continually be testing myself because it was like Mid-Atlantic and then there were just qualifiers, qualifiers, and then the Open and then more qualifiers and then Ireland and more qualifiers and then Guadalupe. And it's just, I didn't really have an off-season for at least yeah. a year um, because I didn't have, like, take Jacob, for example. It's like, for him, it's probably going to be like, qualify for the Open, pick out one or two sanctions throughout the year to just go have fun and, like, like you said, kind of keep things sharp, but he has like a set schedule and a plan because he kind of knows where he's at. Like he's at that level for me. It was just, Oh, not this one. All right. When's the next one? Like where that kind of like frantic search for something to qualify for, or to just kind of keep testing. And it definitely burnt me out. So for me, I'm glad this is all kind of happening. I'm still training with the intent for that next stage, but my like day-to-day training is a lot more dialed back and more kind of like focused. I mean, I'm Mm. still working, I'm still working like full time. Um, So I still like having that structure, but I still get in like two to three sessions a day. It's just geared towards 
I guess having a better mindset about it. Like in the morning, it's not just like, Oh, I'm going to do 20 minutes on the bike or something to wake up and a little bit of a Metcon just to get it done or to say I did something in the morning. A is complete. Move on to B. It's more of a wake up. Why am I training in the morning? I don't really have to worry about any sort of timeline coming up. It's just like, all right, what do I need to work on? All right. It's upper body pushing today or pressing or gymnastics. I'll wake up in the morning. I'll get moving, whatever it is. I actually warm up now, which I never did before. Um, and I'll like hit things in the morning to kind of prep for the afternoon. And it's a lot more of a kind of conscious effort to train and you know, just hit things with a better mindset than I yeah. kind of ever did before. Before it was just grind against the wall and just keep smashing my head against the wall. And well, I think that's a, a big differentiation to make. Um, and especially for somebody who's, you know, jumped into the sport three years ago and is already in the mix, like where most of the people that are at that level have, you know, at least eight to 10 years of like time in. Um, but being able to make the differentiation between like competing and training and being able to like approach your sessions with like, I'm not, I'm not competing right now to be, you know, X, Y, or Z I'm training to get better. And this is a perfect opportunity in, in this shutdown is like relaying your bricks, like finding all those, um, you know, things that you hate doing or suck at doing and like just which there's plenty of them for all of us. Um, but relaying the foundational bricks. Um, so when you do get can things finally turn around, um, you'll come out better for it. Like it's a great opportunity to do, do those things now. Yeah. I've always been interested in, in what factors go into people deciding what sanctionals to go to. And it sounds like before you were just kind of like, how many can I do? Hopefully I strike gold in one of them. Have you put any thought into next year? Uh, a strategy going into picking a sanctional or sanctionals to do? So there were kind of like two ways that I'd want to think about it was things like, oh, I guess three. One would be in terms of which one do I think are most competitive. Um, two would be in terms of which ones I could, like it might not be as popular, but is there like prize money involved? Um, so like this past year, I qualified, I did that, uh, the online qualifier. So it qualified me for <clears throat> Wadapalooza, the Filthy 150, and Atlas Games. I declined the Atlas Games because it was like a week or two after Wadapalooza, and I knew I'd be smoked. So, um, like, I like, I'll probably hit things like that um, because it gives you a bunch of options from a single, you know, test. Um, again, so that I'm not testing constantly throughout the year. Um, and then the third one would be just new places to go to. Uh, so like how popular it is, prize money, and then where it is. So I've always wanted to go to Ireland. So that was kind of like a hundred percent. If I can do this, I'm going to this one. Uh, Wadapalooza, I went and spectated last year and that was my first time being at any sort of sanction or like big, big event like that outside of like local one, like Southie. That's the biggest thing I've ever been to. So. This was my first, like, all right, that's what it's like. So I spectated that, and I was like, all right, I want to go to Wadapalooza because that's the one to go to. Um, so that qualifier for me was perfect because it was like Ireland, Wadapalooza. Those are the two things that I want to do anyway. So 
let's get that done together. Um, I haven't really looked into next year's plan yet. Um, cause again, I don't want to until I'm ready. Um, cause I figure if I start looking or planning now on ones that we're, you know, assuming or hoping are going to be going on, then I'm going to start to get competitive again and I'm not going to be training like I should. Like I'm hoping for the next, you know, four or five months at least I'll just be training, mm-hmm. not thinking about competing or anything like that. Cause in theory, if everything goes back to normal and we have a full season next year, I'll have plenty of time to figure those things out. And even if I missed uh, the first big online qualifier, like they had this past year, the one for like filthy 115 walk Palooza, even if I miss that one, because I'm not ready yet. Perfect. Like I shouldn't rush myself to just to get to these because by doing that, that's how I ended up where I'm at now. So I haven't really thought about which ones I'm going to do, but when I do, it's probably going to go for, you know, which ones you can earn the most money out of. Um, and then it'll be new places for me. Um, it's not really going to be about like which one has the most competition because my goal is when I'm like ready, it's not going to matter. I'm going to be competitive mm-hmm. no matter which one I go to. Um, and what's ready going to look like for you? How do you know when you're going to be ready? For me, it's going to be, it's a lot of feel. So like the last February um, open that we had, that was right before Man Atlantic. And like, that's the last time that I genuinely feel like I was ready to like compete. Um, I know that was over a year ago. uh, And I've gotten a lot better since then. But like that kind of all cylinders firing, you know, like some days you wake up and you're like, oh, I could push through a workout. But it's like, not really there and then other times like you wake up and you're like i could just burn everything down right now like nothing's gonna stop me like that feeling that kind of like just ready to kill i felt that going into that open i crushed that open even with a lot of weaknesses still that i've worked on since then a lot of like gymnastics things but i just felt like i was ready to go and actually competing at mid-atlantic i don't think i was confident enough in my abilities and i could have done better in my head, it was like, oh, I got to a sanction. This is the only thing I cared about. Awesome. Let me just let me just go and have fun. I had a lot of fun. But I think if I went with mentality of like, there's a reason you qualified. And I got like seventh or I did well in the qualifier. It was like, there's a reason you did well in the qualifier. You're good enough. So go with the intent to actually attack and try and place. Don't just go. So like for me, that kind of like, feeling that i had then i think will be how i know i'm ready again um because i'm always going to be working on the things that i need to work on because I mean, that's that's just what you do for me the biggest things are gymnastics and losing weight like i mentioned at the start like i'm, I'm 225 that's way too heavy for this so like every time i do a muscle up versus everyone else who's 185 pounds it's a huge disadvantage it what do you think is an ideal weight for you? Uh, I think if I can get down to like 205, I'll be flying. Because like when I'm 230 and I'm like, that's what I was when I was going into Waterpalooza. I'm just moving so slow. I'm strong, but it's just not a good strong. Um, I notice a difference when I'm at like a, a real 220, not like a, I just woke up and I'm dehydrated, dehydrated 220. It's 
let's say my ring muscle ups will go from like a max of eight to like a max of like 15. Mm. Um, like it's a huge difference just in that 10 pounds. Um, so like if I'm going down to like 210 or even like a 205, as long as I don't really lose too much strength, I think I'll be gold. Um, cause I think I, I, I could afford to lose some strength to then have my gymnastics or all my other like lesser abilities be brought up. I mean, can't be mm, yeah, it's almost body. worth it to lose a few pounds on a lift to be a little more well-rounded. And Zach could probably speak to this a little more because he's uh, diving into the nutrition coaching lately, but I know you've made a pretty drastic change in terms of just overall like intake and diet um, from kind of following you on social media and stuff. It seems like you're primarily vegan now and that's kind of new for you. So it was, I think a month or two, I think it was a month leading into Ireland. Um, I made the decision to just go primarily plant-based just to see what happened realistically i mean there were a lot of like there were a couple of reasons and uh, you know it wasn't just for performance it was just for general health um i think it's better for me anyways um but that's been like my main source has just been like plant-based um i've been adding in more and more meat and like non-plant-based things as of late um to try and kind of find what balance works best for myself um so that I'm not so like one, one sided. Cause I found like, I was just eating so much tofu, like every single day, like I was getting all the protein I needed, but I just felt like I was eating the same thing. And that's what I'm trying to avoid is just having the same thing every single day because I'm definitely missing out on nutrients from other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I mean, for the most part, it's been like plant-based. Um, I've just been slowly kind of, kind of finding where everything balances out for me well for an athlete who was competitive in a different sport at you know 260 pounds like just your i was like not that i was ever that heavy but i was a football player and i had that mentality of uh, like you know playing college football it's like just the bigger the better yeah. eat uh don't stop eating and calories your friend yeah. yeah and then eat again and like getting into the CrossFit space, it's more about like finding fuel for your movement, not just like growth all the time. And I think, I don't know, maybe did you experience that? Like being such a big athlete in college and like just a power athlete and it didn't matter whether you could do muscle ups. And now like you have to not only switch your diet, but switch your entire kind of mindset of like your relationship with food. And yeah, that's, that's been really tough. I've always kind of had a shitty relationship with it because even though I was 260, it took a lot of effort to get to 260. Like I can eat a lot. And even like for like maintenance, I could just put away food all day and I, I just work out enough to kind of balance it out. It's a terrible relationship to have and be like, all right, I'm going to eat like shit today, but I'll just run like 10 miles tomorrow and it's going to balance out. And kind of, it does, but it's just shitty, the shitty way to be. And it's yeah. just, it's a, it's bad habits all the time. Um, I've made some progress with it. It's definitely been tough. Um, but you know, a lot of it does have to go with changing your mindset of like, all right, I'm not just eating to eat. And I'm not just eating because I like those things, or I think this is enough. It's a lot of testing, just like we test our body all the time. It's like, all right, what actually do I need? Um, you know, I, 
gotten plenty of these body scans. My my job is amazing, um, and my boss is the best. And we have in our office, we have uh, one of those in-body scanners. It has nothing to do with what we do for work. Um, we're a construction management company, but we just have one of them. Um, so, like, I've had that consistently to test over the past, like, year and a half. And, like, it's just using the data, I guess, properly. You know, you, you do a workout and you put down your time. If you just dismiss that time, then why do you make note of it? If you take that time and figure out, all right, how did I break this up? What are my splits on this? And then you retest later and you find where you've either progressed or gotten worse. Same thing should go with your diet. I work out roughly the same amount a day. I change how much I'm eating or what I'm eating. You know, you try and only just one variable and find how it affects you. Um, so, I mean, it's all, it's always like a learning process of learning yourself and learning what works for you. So, you know, I'm definitely not even close to there, but there's been a lot of really good like challenges and like people on my side of them and pushing me kind of help me fine tune those things. Um, yeah, it's it's been interesting to say the least to try and fix the uh, relationship and not just have whole pizza Fridays, which was like my thing forever. Uh, yeah, that's gone now. Yeah, I mean that's part of the whole optimization as a you know as a CrossFit athlete or as any competitive athlete is like it's not just your training or your beating barbell. It's once once you get deeper into the role, it's uh, you know, everything is intermingled and interconnected. And it's like one of those pieces is out of whack. The rest suffer. Um, sleep. That's when I was all throughout college. I'd probably slept one to two hours. Like that, that was it. It was a uh, engineering and track and I just, I didn't sleep. That was my worst relationship with sleep. Um, it's gotten better recently. Um, just from, better habits having people that really helped me with that excuse me um and when i was like starting to cross it i was probably at like four hours four to five hours like i go to bed at like midnight and i'd wake up at like four but i was it's weird because like back then i felt like i'd wake up and like all like firing on all cylinders like i'd get to the gym at like 4 30 and i'd run Gym didn't open till five. I'd just run for like half an hour. That'd be my warm up. So like, the second the person got there to open the door, I'd like sprint down to the room and I'd have an hour until the six a.m. class started to just work out like a hundred percent metcons just the entire way. Um, and that was on like four hours of sleep, but I was just getting buried. Like you can't stay in that for any period of time. Um, and now I'm sleeping better now. Um, I definitely you know I have, I have a whoop and like it's super helpful again it's just it's data if you use it it's helpful if you don't then what's the point but um yeah my nutrition and my sleep were abysmal and now they're okay yeah well that's at least the i mean good news bad news is scenario right like there's things in your control that are holding you back but good news is that they're in your control um so you know at least from my perspective it's like you got this innate natural drive and uh, talent and work ethic and then tie up those loose ends yeah. and 
you know, be on your merry way. What was your, go ahead, Zach. I was going to say, it sounds like he's doing all the right things. And I know these, uh, your performance at Waterpalooza may not have been like up to what you thought it should be, but these sound like these are some natural growing pains of becoming that top level athlete. No one gets there on raw talent alone. You need to do the things you're doing, like focus on your sleep, take that data and improve it in the gym uh, with your eating uh, with every part of your life. So it sounds like you're doing the right thing. Uh, you're, you're just not, you're not just making excuses for your performance. So that's yeah. that, that with your talent is going to go a long way. And that's what I was doing before was like a lot of excuses. Like, yeah, but I mean, I'm only sleeping two hours. So what can you expect? And it's like, that's, that's a shitty way to do that. <laughs> um, and yeah, a lot of these things are just, it's good because it's in my control. So as long as I just buckle down and do these things correctly, you know, I don't, there's nothing that will kind of like stop me for where I want to end up other than myself. So yeah, it's good to kind of be able to control your own, own destiny. Going back to the filthy 150, which for those of you who don't know, it's a sanctioned event um, in Ireland, in Dublin. And I've been to Ireland a handful of times and I love it and I want to go back. And I just kind of wanted to get like, what's your, what was your feeling coming back from there? What was your favorite thing? What was your key takeaway being in the Emerald Isle? So I, I went there alone and um, one of my buddies, he goes to CrossFit Southie, uh, Brennan Caslin. So he was there as well with his now fiance and they had um, like, we had, um, we had like separate places, but I kind of like did a lot of exploring with them. Um, like we'd share, share cars and kind of wherever we were going. Um, the first couple of nights while we were there, I didn't really do much exploration because it's kind of like you just to the time, you just to the food, you just to everything else like that. Um, but I don't know if it was the people or the scenery that I loved the most because like everyone there was just so inviting and so kind. Um, the venue was incredible. Every, um, but since it was just me, my way of like sightseeing everything afterwards was just driving around. Like I love driving. Even though those, those roads are terrifying sometimes. Yeah. Um, there's just locals bombing down the road at 80 miles an hour and there's no room for error. And they yeah, just pull off to the side. Yeah, it was scary, but like, <laughs> So at the end of the competition, like sitting down was just impossible. Our legs were obliterated. Like getting into the car, it hurt. It hurt every single part of my like lower body just to sit for any amount of time. But I rented a car and I decided to stay like three, four days afterwards. So I drove out to Galway, drove out to the cliffs, and then I kind of like um, looped back down, came back to Dublin on like the day that I was leaving. So it was all just, it was just driving around. And I was totally fine with that. Um, I'd like to go back at a time where I'm not exhausted. That was the only issue that I had. But like, by the time I slept and actually like got going, it was like 10 or like noon. And in November, sun goes down at like four. So Mm. it was just like, all right, I got like four hours. I'm just going to drive to wherever my next destination is. And then I can't really see anything anymore. But yeah. those four hours were amazing. Like, it's, I just, driving around there, you just can't beat it. I, I haven't found anything that would be any any better than just going around. And it's weird, too. Like, on some of the roads, you're like, oh, like, that would be awesome to go hike 
up that random mountain like why not but coming from here it's like oh i can't just pull over go on someone's property and just do whatever i want but i a hundred percent could have because there's no one there like i kept thinking i kept thinking like if i pulled over my car and got out like someone's probably gonna come by and be like hey you can't i'm like after i leave i'm like no there were like 10 cars on the road that entire day i was one of them no one's coming by and kind of just do whatever in the countryside it's Um, like yeah like you're almost i felt like i was back in time like yeah. Somebody had turned the clocks back a century and, uh, and there was like goats in front of the car that I had to wait to pass. And then like, and then I'm driving down this one lane and I got to pull off to the side or back up so the other car can get by. And it's yeah. like, you're in a, a painting the whole time. Yeah. And it's like, if you were to just go on some random person's property, like that'd be a story for them. Like you'd be a visitor. You'd just be that person who stops by and like, they might be like, Oh yeah. Why don't you come in for lunch or something? And like, it's just, it's a way that things are done that is not done here. And like that kind of like hospitality that I found there is completely lost in the States. Mm. I agree. I kind of, I kind of, the shitty circumstance, as you can see, I'm missing a tooth. Um, I had, yeah. what's the story with that? So I had it pulled um, a week before Ireland. I did not mean for that to happen. I had a root canal that was, went bad a couple of years ago and they're like, you're going to need to have it done. But years and years down the road, um, the week before going, I go in there like, Oh shit. Um, that needs to go right now. I was like, Oh, oh all right, cool. <laughs> they're like, yeah, you can't fly with that. So we, it's gone now. I was like, all right. Um, so that was an interesting thing to get used to and then fly with. Um, but you know, I kind of felt like I fit in there. And the, the night before the competition started, um, we get all our like face shots and everything. I have a fake tooth and it's awesome. Like no one can see. And I'm like, perfect. I don't need to worry about like looking like a goon or like any of my face shots, like whatever. The next, the morning of the competition, I'm cleaning everything. It breaks, it, like melts because of the water I'm using to wash it. It's like warm or something. It just contorts, breaks, and I'm without it the rest of the trip. So I'm all like, <laughs> It's just one of those things where it's like you want to feel comfortable going into a competition. I was like, all right, I got my tooth. I've been training with this fake in for the past week, and like, I feel like myself. Awesome. Nope. Going to this, it's gone now. I was like, all right, well, just kind of roll with it. But I it think was, you did though. Like, it was interesting timing. I think you owned it. The stat, the jorts, the tooth. Big fan of the jorts. It was. It was all part of the package. Yeah. It's gone now. It's going to, that's, that was also a commitment that I made was after Water Palooza, I shaved off the stash and I was like, it's not coming back until, again, that kind of like, I feel ready. So when you see that coming back, it's time. Maybe it's reverse psychology and the reason you felt ready was because of the stash. There's great power that comes with it. <laughs> Zach, you got anything else? No, I think we hit on everything that, that we wanted to talk about. That was great. Well, it was awesome being here, guys. Really appreciate yeah, it. We appreciate having you, dude, and uh, keep on plugging. Um, you know, it's nice to just get varying perspectives on the podcast and uh, pulling from all different pools. So we appreciate you giving us your time tonight, and we'll keep in contact in the future. Where can people find yeah. you if, if they're looking online? Um, so my Instagram handle, it's uh, – I think it's just Devin E. O'Neill. 
it's not that creative. Um, that way people know it's me. Um, pretty sure. Let me check. Sorry. Again, I never even know what it is. Yeah, it's just Devin, period, E, period, O'Neal. Nice and easy. Um, just right now, it's a lot of boring stuff because that's all the, the stuff I need to do. A lot of dog content. <laughs> yeah, a lot of dogs. Lots of The dogs are not boring. Dogs are soft. <laughs> Let's, think so. that's Let's that's be clear it. with that. Yeah, no, she's amazing. But, uh, yeah, let's yeah. touch base again. Uh, let's touch base when you're starting to get back into training or back into sanctionals again. We'll uh, yeah, we'll talk about your sanctionals and, and root for you there. All right, sounds good. Good man. Thank right, you. Thanks, 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 guys. See you later.